The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. How will you respond? So if you see me digging in my pocket for my hanky, it's because I'm going against the element called summer. My body doesn't summer well, and uh, so mind my, don't mind my, my sweating. I remember uh, a couple years back, uh, we went out to, to set sail to go whitewater rafting. Check this out. This is my first time going against the elements. So we want to take you against the elements as well. We didn't want to add the, the water going because we had a lot of coffee that we offered, and we didn't want you guys going to the bathroom every two seconds. Um, but I remember a couple years back, a group of us said, hey, let's go whitewater rafting. And so I was so, so excited because... I was ready to go out there, soak up the sun, enjoy the rays, get a tan, and, and just be out there on top of that water. And I had this paddle boating experience in my mind. You see, we didn't have that kind of stuff in the Philippines, so I just thought I was just going to go paddle boating. And we got there on site. It was a beautiful day. Site instructor is out there giving us safety instructions, and um, I'm zoning out because I'm going against the elements myself because they gave me a medium wetsuit to try to fit all of this in there. And so I'm struggling and they're talking about safety. I was like, I'm trying to get in here and so I don't get wet. And, and they're telling us, hey, this is how you put on your safety vest. This is how you hold your oar so that you don't whack nobody on top of the head with it. And the moment that got my attention was the moment they said, this is what you do when you fall out of the boat. And I said, well, time out. I thought the whole purpose was to keep me on the boat. That's a bad business plan right there. But I was focused. So the, the, the instructor is telling me, All right, here's what you do when you fall out. You got to go perpendicular to the stream. You got to swim towards the shore, and we'll we'll swing around, and we'll we'll scoop you back up. If you're close enough, just give us your oar, and we'll we'll bring you back onto the boat. But if not, you just got to go against the element. So I'm I'm in panic mode. And so we get out into the water, and I was doing really good. I felt like, man, I'm a pro. I'm going to show this guy that I'm not going to get out the boat. I'm going to defy the odds over here. And I let my guard down. And the moment I let my guard down, the boat went down. And it's almost like one of those cartoon shows where the boat goes down, but then the person stays in the air. That's kind of how I was. I was about six feet in the air. And I'm wondering why is everyone looking at me? And I realize my body's about to hit this water and my training's got to put to work. And so body hits the water, and I do my best Michael Phelps impersonation. I'm swimming. Bam, bam, bam. I felt like I needed to go to the Winter Olympics at this point because I felt like I was just killing it, not knowing that the waves are killing me because I might have been doing the Michael Phelps impersonation that has no clue what the word swimming actually meant, the one that was watching the Olympics from his sofa, that kind of Michael Phelps, and I'm watching the boat go further and further away from me, and I'm just getting drugged by the current. I have to wonder this morning how many of us feels that there's, there's a current that tends to just take us towards a lifestyle that's out of our own choosing. I have to, I have to wonder, is, is, is there a, a flow that sometimes just takes us along a stream and they, they just convinces us to just go with the flow and we're wondering why are we living this way? Why are we thinking this way? Why are we behaving in, in this way right now? And 
And we just end up giving up and, and giving in. And we said, well, let's just go with the flow. I guess I'll just go with the flow and, and I'll just accept this addiction because my, my daddy had it, my brother had it, my uncle has it. So I guess I'll just go with the flow. I guess I'll just go with the flow and, and I'll let this relationship go because everybody around me has got some messed up relationships. I'll just go with the flow and I'll drop out too. And what happens is this current ends up lulling us to a place of complacency and, and compromise and it distances us away from our destiny and life has a way of of doing that just pulling us away and there's this sinister tide that pulls us away from anything that is meaningful in our life and, and I think about uh, an animal when I think about something that has to go against a current I have to think about a fish and so in this picture right here is a salmon. The average lifespan of a salmon is about three to eight years. And the only way that the salmon species has to survive, and not just survive, but thrive, it's due to its instinct nature inside every single one of this, these school of fish to, to fight against the stream, to fight against the current, and its sole focus is the future of its kind and there's a current that constantly just crashes over them that, that makes them want to give up and want to give in, but they're reminded that if they give up and they give in, they are faced with this, a 50-foot drop to your death kind of destiny. And so if they weren't really focused on the future, they might want to be focused on that kind of fall. So they have to go against the elements, the current of their culture, the stream of their society. And every day for three to eight years, they're having to dodge and duck people like this guy, this bear, a 400-pound motivation that just keeps you moving because this thing has you on its menu and it ordered delivery, not takeout. And the moment you quit is the moment he gets to eat. And so it has to go against the, the current it has to go around the, the boulders that could potentially bruise its life. It has to navigate around the broken branches that once provided its shade, and now it's the very thing that's, that's causing its safety to be, to be questioned. So it has to go against its elements. I love what G.K. Chesterton says, that only something that is dead can go with the stream, but only something that is living can actually go against it. Every single day, of our lives, we are constantly being critiqued by a current. A current that's critiquing us for our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, our, our, our mistakes are, are being mocked right in front of us in order for us to just go with the flow over the cliff of compromise and complacency. Life has a way of just devastating us. And there's a man in the Bible that could absolutely relate to the elements that we face. In the book of Daniel, there's a man named Daniel. He lived in about 605 B.C., and he lived during a time and, and, and place where the people of God were living in exile, away from their homeland because they wandered away from the warnings of God. And In Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, this is what it reads. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. He took over it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure of his God. So Nebuchadnezzar is a king over a culture, 
of compromise over a culture that promotes godless living, that promotes pagan and idolatrous kind of worship. And so they take over the, 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 the nation of Jerusalem. The, the, the king of Judah is now held captive. Their, their temple is destroyed. Their, their artifacts looted. And now the people of God have found themselves strangers in a different stream. They, they found themselves foreigners in a different flow because what happens is whenever there's a change of king, there's a change of, of current. And, and, and so these people are now being humiliated for their faith because, look, the, the strength of a nation's God is, is based out of their ability to protect and to preserve. But if they couldn't even protect your temple, how in the world can they protect its people? And so now they found their, their faith to be treasonous in this land. They, they found themselves in a current where it celebrates a culture that is counterintuitive to their lifestyle. And their dedication with God is now illegal and they're being bullied to just go with the flow. Go with the flow of this godless generation. And here's where we get introduced to Daniel in the next verses. It says, then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect and handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And then after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief officials gave them new names. This is important. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. And to Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. So we're introduced to, to these guys, these four individuals who got invited into the king's palace, into the, the, the king's table, and they were invited and even seduced to, to just go with the flow. Hey, if, if you go with the current, if you go with what the king says, we'll give you our best. Just turn your back on God. We'll give you the best kind of foods. You'll eat better than anybody else around here. Well, we'll give you a promotion. I'll give you a raise. I'll give you the kind of name and lifestyle that, that, that's going to ensue fame around you. They even had their own identities removed from them. It said that they were given names to reflect the Babylonian culture. Daniel's name got changed to Belshazzar. You see, what, what happens at times is the culture will try to change what it calls you so that it changes the current of your life. They were trying to change what, what they were calling Daniel and his friends, which was counterintuitive to what God created them to do for the express purpose of changing the trajectory for their life. If, if I can just continue to call you depressed, I'm going to change the current around you so that you'll continue to live defeated. But if I can just continue to call you abandoned, then I'm going to change the current around you and you're going to hurt people because you're so scared that they'll hurt you first. If I can just change what I call you, uh, counterintuitive to what God's created you, I can change the current. And, and, and these guys, they were trying to get their, their, their current changed by, by their, their culture, and they were oriented and re-educated. Babylonian beliefs. I find it pretty interesting that what they went through 2,600 years ago was no different from what you and I experience right now. We have a world that's constantly trying to re-educate us. Hey, this is how you live your life. At least that's what you see on Facebook. 
Hey, this is how you need to, to have your marriage. This is how you need to treat your kids. This is how, how you, you need to, to promote yourself in front of your boss so that you can get that raise and, and that promotion. We have a culture that's constantly trying to call us something that's counterintuitive to the very nature that God's created in us to operate in. See, as, as Christ followers, we don't play on the, the home court. There's no one that's going to be applauding us for our selfless serving or sacrificial generosities because, quite, quite frankly, it's counterintuitive to the current that's around us. It's counterintuitive to the nature around us, and the current is so strong, and the stream is so strong that sometimes faith just becomes a burden. Church becomes a chore, and as we're trying to struggle and strain, we let go of some of those disciplines, our prayer life. We just hit the snooze button. I'll try to do it later. Our Bible reading, our, our life groups, we, we lay it down aside. And, and, and all those things that used to refuel us, we, we end up refusing. See, Daniel knew of the difficulties. He understood the difficulties, but, but he had in his mind a characteristic found in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. This is what it reads. But Daniel was resolved not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. I believe that the book of Daniel is here not to show us four culture-compromising wannabes, but I believe that there is a practical application that you and I need to apply to our lives because it's not if, but when we fall out of the boat, when we experience the current, when we experience a different kind of flow, this is what we need to do. And so if you have something to write down, I want to encourage you to write this down. Here's kind of today's takeaway, and it's this. We need to fight the flow for an audience of one. Fight the flow for an audience of one, much like a salmon, it's it's geared and it's focused on the future of its species, but it's an innate trigger inside all of them to go instinctively against the elements, instinctively against the current, against the flow. Not so with with you and I, because sometimes we have a shifting in our audiences. Sometimes our our audience is pleasing our our boss. Sometimes our audience is pleasing our friends. Sometimes our audience is pleasing our our in-law, sometimes our audience is pleasing our children, and every time the audience tends to shift, it takes us down a different flow. Every time there's a new king, there tends to be a new current that we follow, and so the current that we innately go towards is the one with least resistance, and so we, we go run away from, from the things that would, that would grip us in fear, so we go towards a place where, hey, I'm just going to go with the flow and go this way, not knowing that this way is actually going to lead over a cliff of destruction and ruin, and, and this is what the, the Bible calls a sin. Sin is anything that is, that is counterintuitive, countercultural to who God is and what he says he is in his, in his word. It's any thought, any intention, any action that goes against God. And, and this sin, this sin destroys us internally. Where the sin ends up calling us something that is counterintuitive to the very nature that God intended to create us with. So it calls us defeated. So our lifestyles match that name. Our lifestyles match shame. Our lifestyles match worthlessness. Our lifestyles match purposeless. Our lifestyle matches greed. And what we do then is we impose that very name to those around us, destroying us externally. 
Well, I'm defeated, then so are you. Just go with the flow. Well, I dropped that, then so will you. Then just go with the flow. I'm divorced, then so are you. Then just go with the flow. I'm, I'm doing this thing, and I'm just settling. Why don't you settle too? Just go with the flow. And worst off, this current takes us further and further away from God, destroying us spiritually. It removes us away from God and all things good. And God loved us so much. And he saw us straining. He saw us struggling, trying to swim with everything we got, but we were still drowning. God loved us so much that he would send his son, Jesus. And Jesus stepped in there right in front of the raging seas, right in front of the raging waters, right in front of the stream of sin, and took upon himself every name that has been called upon us. And our shame, our greed, our fear put upon his life. And in his death, he defeated death once and for all. So that those that would believe in Jesus would be forgiven. But not just that. You see, Jesus, he rose from the grave, defeating sin, death, and, and hell so that we would have a new life. See, there's a new behavior that takes place in us. There's a new instinct that takes place in us because God's spirit makes us home into our spirit. And now there's a spiritual exchange that goes on. And all of a sudden, the thing that we used to run away from through faith, we can fight the flow because of our audience who's not only in front of us, but who's actually inside of us. And so how, how do we... How, how do we fight the flow for an audience of one? I want to give you two complimentary thoughts. The first is this. To fight the flow, we have to live for an audience of one. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, this is what it reads. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Daniel knew the danger of his decisions. But I love how he drew the line right there in the sand. He said, I'm going to resolve myself not to be defiled. I love what the, the dictionary defines resolve as. is to face uncertainty conclusively. It means it settles the matter. You know, too many times what happens is we think about the word resolve and the word resolution comes to mind. It's a two different words because a resolution is what many of us will make every first of the year and after the 30th of the year that's just a wishful thought but a resolve a resolve is so much stronger because the outcome has already been predetermined follow me here's an example it's like having an argument with someone in your head before you actually have an argument with them not saying that you guys do that I'm not even saying I'm doing that hypothetically if this was to happen you're having a, a, a predetermined argument already, and you're wondering what they're going to say. Would you ever have that thing? It's like, oh, I wish they would say that because I got the ammo that's going to back that thing up. Oh, I got so much, so much ammo for you. Tell me I didn't wash the dishes. Tell me I didn't do that. I, oh, I wish they would say I didn't come in at that time. Tell me I, I've got some ammo for you. That's what Daniel was already doing. He had already predetermined his actions. I've already predetermined my response before you could even make your request. And so the people offered Daniel the palace palette. Daniel had already made up in his mind, I've already, I've already got my, my response and, and I'm living for a different king. I'm, I'm, I'm working under a different kind of current. I've got a different kind of audience than you. And I know that my current is saying this thing that's being offered to me is a delicacy, but it's actually going to defile my dedication and my devotion to the audience of my choosing. And, and so I'd rather lose everything rather than than lose my audience. 
rather than lose my faith in him. And there was no way whatsoever that anyone could have questioned Daniel's audience, who Daniel's audience was. And as he was living, he started rallying some guys around him and convincing them, hey, you should live this way too. And he told the officials, here's what I want you to do. I want you to test my life with theirs. I want you to test my fight with their flow. I want you to, I want you to test my fight with their current. And, and this is what it says in in Daniel chapter 1 says, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Clearly, they're probably not going to go to bacon fest at this point. Not sure. Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. Daniel had already determined in his mind, I know the dangers of my decision, but I am so confident, I am so convinced, the way that I am living my, my life, the way that my life will be faced up against their flow is going to be so distinct that it has to stand out, that my sacred living in the midst of a secular current has got to stand out. And so what he tells the officials you got to go tell your king. You got to go tell the one that's controlling this current. And this is what they see. It says, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom, check this out, in understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better. Wow, 10 times better. How does this apply to our lives? I want to ask you a question. Is your words, are your words 10 times better, or is it 10 times worse than the words that you hear around your cubicle? Are, are, are your mindsets, are your thoughts 10 times better, or is it 10 times worse than the current and the culture around your community that says you can't do nothing outside of this neighborhood? Do you understand where you come from? Stop dreaming those kinds of dreams. Is, is your lifestyle... 10 times better or 10 times worse than the current of our culture that says you need to live a life that is counterintuitive to God. We have to be willing to stand up and stand out against the stream of the masses that's constantly trying to, to get us to settle and just go with the flow towards destruction. So when, so when the world around us is saying, it's okay to be greedy. Let's stand up and stand out and live for an audience and say, I'm going to live to serve first. I'm going to live to give first. When, 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 when the world around you says that person is a lost cause, 
You be the one that stands out and stands out and stands up and says, my God is a God of second chances. When, when you look at a situation and says, there's no hope in that, let's be the one that lives our lives saying, I know the person that has the plans for my life and his plans for hope and a future. Let's be the ones that stands up and stands out among the midst of a culture that says, your God is dead. See, when we want to live for an audience of one, if you want to live your life glorifying God, then your life has to line up with the audience that you're looking to please. That means our, our, our prayer life has to match up with, with our audience. Our worship life matches up with our audience. Our, our Bible reading time matches up with our audience. And let me just add on to this. We can't just be reading the Bible. Oh, man, Pastor Jay just said you can't read the Bible. No, I'm not just saying that. I'm saying this. You can't just read it. You got to live it. Look, the word of God don't work unless you put it to work. Turn to someone next to you and say, you got to work it out. I got to wake you all up. You got to work the word out. And sometimes when you work it out in a situation where it doesn't seem like it's going to work, the light shines brightest in some of the most darkest areas of our lives. And, and so that's what makes you stand out. It's like, how in the world can life be coming out of that when I know there's nothing but a deathly current down there? And all of a sudden, that's what, that's what ends up shining a light on, on the power of God. The God that they said was dead is surely alive in you. It's surely alive in, in your life. And it's, and it's got to line up. Your life's got to line up with the audience you're looking to please. And lastly is this. To fight the flow, be loyal to an audience of one. You got to be loyal to an audience of one. So years had passed. Daniel has now gotten himself into a place where he's a pretty, pretty big deal. He's a key leader in Babylon. And he's gotten himself where the current is now comfortable. Seems like the fight is done, the fight is won, and all of a sudden, King Darius jumps into the picture. And every time you get a new king, there's a new current. And these men are starting to look to plot to destroy Daniel. And this is what takes place in Daniel chapter 6. He said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. They knew that his life lined up so much that he was willing to be loyal to the law of his God, even if that meant being disloyal to the law of the king around him. And so they, they plotted. They plotted to, to, to convince King Darius to publish a law that would prohibit anyone else from praying to any other God aside from King Darius. So when Daniel finds out about this, you could think that he's got a lot at risk here. This current is pretty comfortable for him, but this is how Daniel responds. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. So three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. It would have been really understandable. Daniel, you've already fought your fight. 
Just, just compromise. Just keep the promotion. Keep the household. Keep the food. Daniel, it would have been easy for him to just say, how about I live two different lives? What if I worship King Darius out there and I can close my windows and worship my God over here? What if... I would live different when I'm here at Wilson campus. And when I go to work, I'm a completely different person. It would have been easy for him to compromise and say, I don't want to lose all those things. But he knew the fight was not over. So long as there's a flow, there still has got to be a fight. And so they found him. Windows wide open. It says he was doing what he had done before. They take him captive. They throw him down the lion's den. Capital punishment is your judgment today. And I love the picture of loyalty there. Because loyalty to an audience of one doesn't really get revealed when times are easy. It's it's revealed in, in times of adversity because it's really easy when you're, when you're rooting for the home team. It's really easy when you're rooting for a winning team. You know what they call that? They don't call that loyalty. They call that bandwagoners. Loyalty is, is rooting for and standing for something, a promise that doesn't necessarily look promising. You want to know what loyalty looks like? It looks like Redskins fans. <laughs> All we do is lose, but my goodness, it's being loyal when the times are rough. It's being loyal when things aren't going your way, and you're, you're trapped in the middle of a lion's den. He could have just thrown his hands up and said, God, where in the world are you? I'm living my life that's lined up to pleasing you, and, I, and I'm over here. I'm about to die, but Daniel was willing to stand up even if God wasn't willing to show up. Because I'm loyal. And he understood the principle of it is my responsibility. It's you and I's responsibility to stand up and stand out. And it's God's responsibility to show up and show off. Too many times we're trying to get the other thing around. But if we would just stand up and stand out, leave the showing up and showing off back to God. And, and so Daniel says, I'm just going to continue to do what I've, what I've always done. And I remember when I used to talk to my brother about his training in the Marine Corps. He'd, he'd tell me about the pepper spray that, that, that used to burn his eyes. He, he told me about the gas chambers that had him gasping for air. And, and he told me about the obstacle courses where they're just screaming at you. And I used to feel so bad because that was my older brother. And, and I'm thinking, man, these men are trying to break my brother. What I, what I had mistaken was they weren't trying to break him. They were trying to break his habits. They, they were trying to break the behavior that could potentially break him in battle. They were trying to, to break the mindset that could potentially compromise his mission. They, they were trying to break that fear that would cause him to run away from his fight. They weren't trying to train him in adversity, in combat. They were trying to train him for it so that when he gets off the boat, when you fall off the boat, when there's a different kind of king, I know what I've been built for because you may think that the very thing that has been breaking you is exactly for that to break you. No. God is using the very current that you feel is breaking you to build you for the battle that's around you so that so that when you fall off the boat 
When you experience the current, come on, my loyalty is still the same to my commitments. When the king around you changes in your community, in your workplace, and the current around you changes, my, my convictions are still the same. When I fall off the boat and the stream tries to, tries to rush over me, my swim and my stroke is still the same. I'm here to tell someone in this room today and those watching online, you just got to keep on swimming. You just got to keep on going. When, when it seems like your lifestyle is heading down a path, you just got to keep swimming against that flow. When it seems like your kids are being washed away, you just got to keep fighting for them. It seems like your marriage is just wa wa washing away, you just got to keep fighting, keep swimming. Because the thing that's trying to break you is God, God's way of building you for the battle to continue to fight the flow. You may be here today and you're just saying, Jay, I'm ready to give up. I've been fighting for too long. I've already fought one battle. The fight never stops. So long as there's the flow, there's still a fight. And if there's still a flow around you, trust me, God's already put a fight inside of you through faith in Jesus. And today, maybe it's your day to, to change your audience. Maybe you've been following a different kind of audience, and that's why you've seen yourself in the same scenarios over and over and over and over again. Today, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you. That's your response. Maybe you've made that decision already, but you've just stopped fighting. You've just stopped swimming. And today, you need to rededicate that faith to him and saying, God, I'm ready to fight. I'm placing my faith in you. Would you, you repent of your sin, saying, I'm, I'm ready to go against my elements and allow his spirit to give you strength to fight. Where are you at today? Maybe you've, you've made some compromises in your walk with God. Maybe your resolve turned more into a resolution. Maybe there's some things that you need to say, I'm resolving today that this is how I'm going to live my life. Whether I'm in the pit with, with lions or I'm in the palace with kings, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm resolving today. Look, I, I believe when we stand up, God has a way of showing up. So all across this room, would you stand up with me? I want to pray over you. And I'm just going to believe that God wants to do a work in our lives. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for every person that is spiritually standing up to you saying, yes, I am placing my faith in you. You are my only audience that I desire to please. I pray right now, God, that you would renew their faith and you would renew their fight, fight towards the flow. I pray right now for every person that is weak in their struggle against the current. Would your spirit strengthen them in Jesus' name, strengthen them to continue to swim, strengthen them to continue to fight. I pray right now, Father God, that, Lord, you would just come down and you would meet us. Father, you, 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 you show up in the midst of us standing up and so right now as as just a sign that we want to stand up for you God would you show up mightily in our lives in Jesus name amen and amen thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church located in Hagerstown Maryland we believe that through Christ life change happens here so we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org